Stickered Up, the official podcast of the Cars Tour is on the air. Presented by Solid Rock Carrier. The Cars Tour, the premier late model stock series. Short track racing at its very best. Stickered Up will feature A-list guests, the hottest topics, race previews, recaps, the good, the bad, and the ugly. If it happens on the Cars Tour, Stickered Up is chewing on it. Here's your host, Stephen Dunn. Happy race week, everyone. Stephen Dunn, Stickered Up Podcast, the official podcast of the Solid Rock Carriers Cars Tour. And what a busy 10-day period it's been for the Cars Tour on the late model side. Trips to Motor Mile and North Wilkesburg. In Motor Mile, two weeks ago, saw a four-time winner on the pro late model side and a first-time winner on the late model stock car side. We go back to recap the Harrison's Workwear 225. We go to our friends at Pit Road TV, Tony Stevens. Through turns three and four, William Sawalich and Katie Hettinger lead the field through the KRC power steering start zone. Green flag is out in the fluid logic. 225 by Food Country USA is underway. Lap one, William Sawalich over Katie Hettinger is Gavin Bichelle. Look at him fan out a little bit further back there behind him. Nobody has been able to do anything with William Sawalich this year, it feels like. And right now, Katie Hettinger has given him about the uh, the biggest end of the business we've seen so far early in a race this season. So uh, she might be the one that upsets William Sawalich. Only time will tell, but would not surprise me to see that young lady get the job done. Excuse me, pardon me, coming through. You see him on the wheel in the cockpit. Gavin Michelle, great save as Luke Finhouse got into his Chevrolet. A couple of the Chevrolet young guns, if you will. They were all out at, uh, I believe it was Kershaw Motorsports Park I saw earlier this week. Michelle, Finhouse, Katie Hettinger, and in fact, Luke last time by, the fastest car on the racetrack down in the 1660s. Leader William Sawalich in the 1680s. So maybe there is a chink in the armor of William Sawalich. The problem is that night, that's trying to fight him is way far back in the country hills for now. Maybe that horse will gallop a little bit faster for Luke Finhouse as he's trying to find a way around that CorvetteParts.net Chevrolet. Lap number 69, and Luke Finhouse nearly clears Caden. Quapley has got a nose ahead. And now Finhouse to complete lap number 70 will take third spot. So Finhouse up to P3 and chasing down his teammate Katie Hettinger, as well as leader William Sawalich looking at lap times. That time by Finhouse still faster than leader William Sawalich. But Caden Quapple said, nah, son, not yet. I am not giving up the fight. Neither is Buddy Kofoy behind him. But you know, again, the two Highlands cars, the two fastest cars on the racetrack. Last time by Katie Hettinger reeling in. William Sawalich slightly. Finhouse lost a bit that time, but those 96 cars, they are both starting to shine now. The sun is going down. If you're Sawalich, you're thinking back to Hickory. You're thinking back, oh no, again? Yeah, we saw that in the late mile stock portion of the throwback 276. Once more, Hettinger three quarters of a tenth. It's now measured in feet. It's not measured in tenths. It's about two car lengths in the turn number three. A little more traffic ahead of them. That's Ruben Caceres Jr. in the 77. Sawalich chooses the outside. Hettinger's there. It's down to less than a car length. Big slide. Hettinger, major loss of grip. So bad she backed out and thought she had a problem. There is no doubt Katie Hettinger's driving that car for all it is worth, and she has now got five and a half laps to make up all that real estate. It's going to take a major mistake on the part of the Raging Rooster to give this one up at this point or some sort of parts failure. Off turn number four. White flag is in the air for William Sawalich. 
in pursuit of his fifth career Solid Rock Carriers Pro Late Model Tour win. Sawalich navigates the backstretch. Traffic will not be a problem. Katie Hedinger nowhere within striking distance. And William Sawalich does it again, this time at Motor Mile Speedway in the Fluid Logic 225, presented by Food Country USA. I joked with you yesterday. Make it entertaining. How concerned were you those last 25 laps with Katie Hettinger reeling you in a half a tenth a lap, it felt like, for every single one of those? Uh, I was a little concerned. Car kept getting really tight, um, but I knew she had a good car, so just had to stay as consistent as I could and hoping she would mess up. Traffic seemed to play a factor in that one. I know you lost the throwback 276 because of traffic. How much did you learn that night that you used here that got you here to Edelbrock Victory Lane? Yeah, I think uh, the throwback was um, very exceptional. I think it was a different type of traffic, but um, this traffic um, was a little bit more difficult than I expected, but just tried to get around it as uh, quickly as I could, and uh, hopefully she uh, would do the same. Check that five wins in 2022 for William Sawalich. He's dominated the pro late model side of the Cars Tour here in the summer months. Katie Hedinger with a strong second place finish, and she was coming before she had some mechanical issues there in the last few laps. Caden Quapple third, Luke Fenhouse fourth, Buddy Quaffle fifth. And looking at the points heading into this weekend's festivities at Tri-County Speedway, Luke Fenhouse holds a slim eight-point lead now over William Swalwich. Swalwich continues to carve into that lead, and despite missing a full race at Greenville earlier this year, he's only a mere eight points back. Caden Quapple, 17 markers back. Austin McDonald, 32. Cody King rounds out the top five. He's 83 markers out of the lead. Then we went to the nightcap at Motor Mile. And a familiar face in Victory Lane, we go back to Pit Road TV's Tony Stevens. Lights have extinguished around the Motorwell Speedway, and the Solid Rock Carrier's pace car will dive to the safety of Pit Lane. On the front row, Carson Quapple and Connor Hall lead the field down. Matthew Fawbush going to give him a green flag. And here we go, the Fluid Logic 225, presented by Food Country USA. For the Mall Stock Cars is green. Lap number one, now lap number two to Connor Hall as Carson Quapple falls back to second. And look at Deke McCaskill. He just about had them both jacked up down the front stretch. Deke McCaskill is going places. I'm not seeing Deke this racey early in a race in quite some time. That top side, it's still here at Motor Mile. Deke is working it hard, trying to take over second. And behind him, Kyle Dudley now moves into fourth, getting by Mike Looney. The Solid Rock Carrier's pace car again escapes the racing surface and through the KRC Power Steering restart zone. Deke McCaskill once again dynamite behind him. As look at this, Mike Looney nearly in the middle of a three-wide sandwich down the backstretch. 37 laps remain in the Fluid Logic 225, presented by Food Country USA. Green flag is out, and Deke McCaskill once again schools him through the KRC Power Steering restart zone. Looney now side by side with Connor Hall again, this all for the runner-up spot. He got around his teammate, Bobby McCarty. Hall now has second all to himself. Quapo, three wide behind him. Hefner, Jones, Mason Diaz, watch out. Mason Diaz has come to a stop and intentionally brought out a caution, and he now will receive a one-lap penalty. Up the hill in turn two goes McCaskill, and here comes Quapo nearly sliding into the outside wall. Well, in Pike right now, the strategy might be get off the guy behind you's front bumper. Connor Hall, Carson Quapo leaning on each other. Three wide down the front straightaway briefly. Quapo 
Cornwell moves to second. Connor Hall is stuck on the outside as Mike Looney trying to steal that spot away. Be still my heart. Holy cow. Two laps to go for the drive route of Raleigh, North Carolina. It has been nearly a year since Deke McCaskill visited Victory Lane. It was a $10,000 win at his home racetrack at Wake County Speedway. Tonight, Deke McCaskill sees the white flag from Brandon Willard. He is one lap away from yet another Cars Late Mile Stock Tour win. In the turns three and four, and Deke McCaskill will emerge the winner of the Fluid Logic 225 presented by Food Country USA for the Solid Rock Carriers Late Mile Stock Tour. We will go talk to Deke McCaskill here at Motor Mile in Edelbrock Victory Lane as you see the team and the family all happy. Wins here at Motor Mile on the Fluid Logic 225. There's a lot of emotion, I know, for you to be here. The last couple times we've seen this, when you're good, you're good. What was the key to getting here in Edelbrock Victory Lane tonight? Oh gosh, man, we were terrible yesterday and just went back to the hotel room and just can't thank Kevin, Hunter, Charles, man. We just all come together and, I mean, we just come up with a setup this morning and put under it. I mean, no jokes, man. Just front springs, bump stops, uh, rear springs, and just was hoping it would work. And then first thing off the trailer this morning, it just drove really good. Man, I know we had a pretty good piece, but I didn't know we had a winning car. We made a mock run and put a, a pretty good time there. But what a night, man. This thing was so dominant. Uh, this is Looney's house. I knew he was coming. Um, I still had the outside in my, in my back pocket. I knew I could work that really good, but the car was still really good on the bottom. And I could fire off really strong on restarts. Uh, that was the big key, getting up that big, that big gap and just kind of uh, maintaining the lap times. And uh, just, man... This is so awesome. I love this racetrack, man. The, the track has changed a lot, and I think it just kind of threw everybody for a curveball. You know, three years ago, I guess, we were on these tires, and the track had a lot more grip, and it just uh, – that's what we fought a lot was just forward drive all weekend. So we really had to do some things I never thought we'd do to it at Motor Mile, but it worked really well. Dean McCaskill with his first win of 2022. He took the lead on lap eight and never looked back, led 118 of 125 laps. Carson Quapple, the pole sitter, who didn't even lead a lap. Connor Hall actually led the first seven laps. He comes home second. Mike Looney finished third. Bobby McCarty fourth. Connor Hall fifth. Caden Honeycutt sixth. Connor Jones seventh. Jacob Hefner eighth. Connor Mosack ninth. Carter Langley round out the top ten of the 22 cars that took the green flag. Everybody kind of minded their P's and Q's um, at Saturday night at Motor Mile because – there was a bigger prize uh, that, that laid in front of everybody on Wednesday night. This past Wednesday night, the Cars Tour made a trip to historic North Wilkesboro Speedway. Uh, 30 cars took the green flag, and man, it was it was one of those things that was you just had to kind of be there. 20,000-plus people, um, fireworks going off uh, under the pace laps, and every one of these drivers put on a phenomenal show. We don't have audio of that, but... Uh, Race in America carried that race. Pit Road TV did not, so we don't have audio. But anybody that's a Cars Tour fan knows what happened. Carson Quapple, uh, Junior Motorsports, he captured the captured the win, led 90 laps um, of the 125. Jacob Hefter led 13 laps, and Manny Tyrell actually led 22 laps. But Mason Diaz finished second. 
everything and fanfare, Dale Earnhardt Jr. made his uh, return to late model stock car racing after almost 20 years not being in the late model. He comes home third. Jonathan Schaefer with a strong run in fourth. Bobby McCarty, fifth. Caden Honeycutt, sixth. Zach Miracle, seventh. William Swalowicz, eighth. Stefan Parsons finished ninth. Brandon Pierce with a solid top 10. 30 cars took the green flag. And we will talk to Mason Diaz in segment two. We'll talk to him about his experience at North Wilkesboro Speedway. Taking a look at the late model stock car points heading into this weekend's festivities at Tri-County Speedway. With the win, Carson Quapel will extend his lead. He's now 47 points ahead of second place, Caden Honeycutt, Connor Hall third, Chad McCombie fourth, Jacob Hefner, he's fifth, 95 points back. Bobby McCarty, who's had a couple of strong runs here in the last couple of outings, he's climbed to sixth in the standings, 105 points back. Brandon Pierce seventh, Mason Diaz, who will be our guest in segment two. He's currently eighth in points after a second place finish at North Wilkesboro. Chase Burrow ninth, Connor Jones rounds out the top ten. Brandon Willard has the caution flag on this segment of Stickered Up. We'll take this opportunity. We'll come down pit road, sticker up. We return. We'll chat with the driver of the number 24 late model stock car, Mason Diaz. You're listening to the Stickered Up Podcast. Stickered Up, official podcast of the Cars Tour. BST, Bryant Shock Technology, providing proven race-winning shock technology. The only thing that will shock are the affordable prices. BST offers sales, service, and repair of racing shocks, plus suspension-related components for a wide range of race cars. With 20-plus years of NASCAR experience and a decade as a shock specialist, contact P.J. Bryant, 704-701-5585. That's 704-701-5585. Tell him you heard about BST on Stickered Up. Stickered Up. Delivery by truck, part of the lifeblood of our nation. Solid Rock Carriers, LaGrange, North Carolina, gets the job done. Specializing in general freight and refrigerated foods. And here's an opportunity for you. You can join the Solid Rock Carriers team. If you have a CDL license and would like to find out more, call 252-521-1757. 252-521-1757 for Solid Rock Carriers. Supporting short track racers and industry professionals. And the title sponsor of the cars tour furniture for less prices 30 to 40 percent less than the big box furniture stores conveniently located 3301 richlands highway jacksonville north carolina call adam resnick 910-540-7157 that's 910-540-7157 for all your furniture needs Give them a call. Furniture for Less, official furniture supplier of the Stickered Up podcast. Follow them on Facebook at Furniture for Less, Jacksonville. Practice, race, win. Performance Racing Warehouse, home of the PRW chassis. They feel the thrill of victory and agony of defeat with every customer. With a cutting-edge, track-tested chassis, they know what it takes to build a race-winning machine. The PRW chassis has a proven track record of wins and championships that speak for themselves. When you're ready to take your performance to the next level, come visit Performance and let them get you in victory lane. Online at PerformanceCenter.com. Also, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok. And you can call Performance Racing Warehouse at 704-838-1400. Hey, this is Deke McCaskill, driver to 08 per year tank line Chevrolet. You're listening to Stickered Up Podcast with Stephen Dunn. Green flag back this edition of the Stickered Up Podcast, the official podcast of the Solid Rock Carriers Cars Tour. Joining us via the GSX Raps Hotline, the driver of the number 24, Solid Rock Carriers, late model stock car out of Mike Darn and Mason Diaz Racing. Mason Diaz, Mason, welcome to Stickered Up Podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Um, definitely a good weekend last 
last week at Wilkesboro, but uh, appreciate you guys taking the time and having me on. Absolutely, man, and and we've I've wanted to have you on here for a couple of weeks now, and man, what a what an awesome night for you guys at North Wilkesboro. I know we we talked a little bit uh, before we jumped on the air about if, if you had a little bit more uh, practice time. Uh, it wasn't ideal, I don't think, because of um, some of that practice time getting eliminated due to the due to the weather on on Tuesday. But man, talk about. Um, Talk about your experience at North Wilkesboro from when you drove in the gate to to finishing second to Carson Quapel on Wednesday night. Yeah, we're definitely getting closer to that, that first win there, I think. It's been a pretty up-and-down year with some parts failures and taking myself out of races by not keeping the fenders on it. So, so to have a good, strong run and the huge experience that Wilkesboro was, I mean, you guys walked in the pits same as I did. I mean, I don't know what time he got there Wednesday, but I pulled in a little bit late, like one o'clock. That's what's that's what time the team decided to get there. And I don't know about you, but I had to park like half a mile away because how I many people were already there. So yeah. uh, it was a really cool experience because fans beat the drivers to the racetrack, the teams to the racetrack, just just so they can get there. And for them to even have to start the race, you know, almost an hour late, just because so many people were coming, and that's a really cool experience to be a part of. The stands were packed. You could hear them above the engine of the race cars that go around the, this racetrack. So it was a really cool experience to walk in there and know the history that's behind the racetrack and what it does mean to short track racing. Because that's going to be the largest race that we anyone that raced there is probably going to be a part of with the amount of fan count there. It would be the largest stage that probably most people will race on. Not necessarily a cars tour question but it is related to the north wilkesburg experience i mean you've been to martinsville and experienced the the 300 um and and look i went out and on a limb and i don't even know it's really a limb and said martinsville has a lot to really do if they want to try to to match the intensity just the pre-race intensity of, of what people experience at north wilkesburg have you have you really ever experienced anything like that at least on the late model stock car side, as far as the fanfare that went on with that race? No. Um, I do wish that we would have had a little more time for the Argyle session, probably, because when they shut those gates, and they weren't there for us, for the our drivers. They were definitely there for Earnhardt. Maybe a you know, select few were coming in that knew everyone, but right. they were mainly there for him, and they shut that gate really, really fast. Yeah. Um, and the line was tremendously long, but Martinsville has a lot a lot to to do to get there i would i would compare it to the first year martinsville had their lights when yeah. they put the led lights in yeah those stands are packed there but i don't think it was close to what this week was i mean there was only standing room only and there's a lot of grandstands there so it was a huge atmosphere the intensity of the racing is no different i mean martinsville has more cars i mean ever imagine if this weekend was wide open and there's enough tires to have 80 cars show up yeah. I mean, it'd be equal to the intensity of Martinsville, but Martinsville has that intensity because qualifying is so important and heat racing is so important. Qualifying is not really that important anymore because they don't lock anyone in, yeah. but it is very important to get a good starting spot for those heat races because there are going to be 60, 80 cars there. Yeah. Talk a little bit about the actual race itself. I mean, uh, you know, obviously I was there and I mean, 20,000 other people were there, but the racing surface, obviously very abrasive um, and, and chewed through tires. Kind of give us a, a driver's perspective of, you know, what racetrack was it similar? I mean, I heard Myrtle Beach. I heard Florence. Um, just kind of talk about the the racing itself, because obviously it was a lot of saving early. Uh, and if you saved enough, you were able to really go. But 
I felt like your strategy was you really you, you kind of saved there, but you really never got too too far back and then charged back. You know, probably you know two thirds back through. Talk a little bit about your strategy there to to finish second. Yeah, it, it was kind of a hard race to judge because there are so many people there that cell phones couldn't work. Yeah. And cell phones has how we get race monitor. Right. So my spotter, Robert up top, he's like, Hey, race monitor's down. I can't get it open. Like, so there's no way to judge off the speeds of cars. You know, you can't look at lap time saying, Hey, we're going three tenths faster than this guy. We should probably back it down. Yeah. It was more, I'd felt a good pace. I was at, I wasn't spinning the tires. I was taking it easy going in, just trying to get a pace that I felt comfortable with. Um, so it was kind of more just pick them off as they come because we took green. We started 20th. I think we, you know, right from there, I started picking off cars once, you know, as they were riding. I kind of felt that as the race went on, it kind of turns into Hickory or Myrtle Beach when it was around or even Langley. When you, when you get in those tire saving races, it's hard to pass at the end, even if you save tire. Yeah. Cause everyone's on the equal stuff. And just like at the end of the race, when I held off junior, all I had to do was pinch him off, off the corners and he can't do anything with me because there's no drive. Right. So I kind of felt like early on I had to get through the field to a solid, you know, mid top 10 ish just to be able to have something at the end. Um, I wanted to get to a good spot to when we got those two right sides that if we had to go race in there, we could go race in, which we almost did complete the whole entire second half under green. So that's what I wanted. I wanted to be up front there from, we got our two tires to be able to just flat out go if we needed to. Yeah, and obviously, you know, you were running second, uh, two laps to go. You know, Carson pretty much had checked out, but you got that last little gas. You had Corey Heim spun with two laps to go, set up a green-white checker. Talk a little bit about the, the about the move you tried to make to, to go for the win, and would you have done anything different? I would have went back and changed my restart. I definitely did not get the best restart possible. It's a, probably a good thing Junior missed a shift because I would have been probably fighting for, you know, third or fourth. Um, but – it opened the door up with him missing that shift that I could go low in the turn one, which looking back at it, I probably would have done something different, but Carson's car was just so good all night. I kind of think he was out front playing with us anyways. His car <laughs> was just so good, you know, just trying to get me to burn my stuff up, which I wouldn't say he did, but it was definitely more, I was probably running a little bit too hard during that, you know, 30 lap break when me and Carson kind of left the field. Yeah. Um, I just, I think starting so back so far back in 20th, it, I wasn't able to save the left rear as much as the people up front could have. Right. Cause that's what won the race. In my opinion, it wasn't the new right sides we got. It was how good you kept your left rear in the race because you didn't change your other rear and left front tire does nothing to the car. So I felt like left rear tire was the main thing of what, what set you aside from everyone else. So going that last restart there, I probably should have done something different. And looking back at it now, you're always going to regret something or think, okay, this time, next time I can do this. If I ever get in that situation, Chatting with, I, chatting with Mason Diaz, driving the number 24 Solid Rock Carriers late model stock car on the Cars Tour. And Mason, again, a second place finish. You finished in front of Junior. Did you have an opportunity to talk with Dale Junior at all during the during the course of those two days? And if so, is that something that you wouldn't mind sharing with us? Yeah, no, I did. I was trying to get one of the question answers with him, but it was it was hard to get into those. You it's hard to take up someone's time like that so much because the whole weekend junior was very, very exposed to ever, all the fans who ever want to see him could have, you know, had a chance to meet him if they were quick enough to do it. And which made the weekend so large, but I did talk to him throughout the pits. Um, did say hi to him after the races. I went up to congratulate Josh and everyone for their great time and end up sitting there drinking beer for a little bit. And he actually came over. We, we spoke for a little bit, but 
it wasn't only reason why this weekend happened is because of him and cars tore pairing up. So yeah, this whole entire weekend is because of him. Yeah, I actually had an opportunity um, watching the limited race. Uh, he and Josh Barry actually came and sat down right beside us and, and watched the last 15, 20 laps of the limited race. And pretty cool moment for me, but just honest, just like you, just thanked him and and Marcus Smith with, with Speedway Motorsports and, and what they did to make this event so big. And, man, it was, uh, it was definitely historic and definitely something very cool. Um, want to talk a little bit about what you've got ahead on the horizon. Obviously, we'll be at Tri-County this weekend, but um, in a couple of weeks, uh, you'll head to Martinsville Speedway for the third leg of the Triple Crown. You and Mark Wirtz currently tied for the Triple Crown lead. Um, and you're in a position to win the Triple Crown. Obviously, you know, the, the checkered flag is the ultimate goal, but talk about a little, you know, talk a little bit about your preparation and, and kind of looking ahead at, at Martinsville here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, no, it's, we have Tri-County this weekend, which we're debating on which car to bring to Martinsville. Um, the car for Cars Tour this year has just been so fast ever we brought it, uh, even though we don't have the finishes to show for it. But every week it always seems like we're pretty good in practice and, you know, always on some board, you know, top five in practice and something always goes wrong in the race. So we're debating on which car to bring to Martinsville since it is the third leg of Triple Crown and goal is going the weekend just to make sure we have a clean race my past couple of times there at martinsville honestly two times in a row my exhaust fell off uh, within the last within the first 30 laps of the race and which t- took me out of the race so um it just needs to go through with getting the car 100 percent ready to go maintenance properly and go to the racetrack and hopefully we have speed off the trailer but you know it's full on from here on out i'm pretty sure car store races almost every weekend from here on out yeah, it's fast and furious. It's not, we, Michael Falk and I actually talked about it and joked that it was almost like cup racing here the last couple of weeks. So It is. Um, and, and you've got some experience with that. I mean, not the cup series, but but you've run some Xfinity races over the last you know handful of years. And, and I just want to ask you, you know, the competition, everybody talks about the competition, the cars toward being so stout and so strong. Can you compare what your Xfinity experience was to racing full-time in the cars tour? And is there any correlation there? Um, there is kind of, I mean, the only thing that's pretty cool is between the two, which I, I never ran Xfinity race Xfinity cars long enough is that you race the same people every weekend. Yeah. And that's, you, you know, going the weekend, who's going to be good versus, you know, going to some local tracks. You don't know who's going to be there. I mean, if you race sober all year, you knew that the top three in points are going to be there, Lane, Peyton, and you know, everyone there. But right. if you just go sporadically to race tracks, you don't know who's going to show up. Cars tour, you know, who's going to be there. You know, who's going to be fast, you know who's going to be possibilities each weekend. I mean, I don't know about anyone else, but I was not ready for Deke to be that fast a motor mile. I know he used to be that fast a motor mile, but right. I was not ready for that. But that's, that's the cool part about this is you can figure something out for one week and be really, really fast. Um, late mile stock racing, in my opinion, is the most competitive series there is, compared, even compared to super late models. Yeah, I mean, the qualifying this weekend, I was 20th with only being, you know, I think a 10th off of second place yeah maybe two tenths and you're 20th so yeah it's very competitive speaking of being competitive late model stock cars uh you and your dad southern national speedway thanksgiving weekend and uh you guys announced early on in the year that you guys are going to be paying fifty thousand dollars out for this year's thanksgiving classic want to give you the opportunity to talk a little bit about the classic and and what people can expect and, and how people can go ahead and get registered for that yeah, the registration's been out since uh, we we posted about it, which I think it was back in February or January. I forget which month now, but it's coming up pretty, really fast. We're here working pretty hard on it now, trying to figure out 
the schedule for the weekend, making sure that it's, you know, thought through properly and make sure everyone has a good solid three days there with every, with all the divisions we run. So a lot of leave that money on the way for all the drivers and high purses. So it should be a good way to end the season for everyone in late ball stock racing. Mason, what does it take for you? I know you've been chasing that, that first elusive cars tour win for the last couple of years. What is it going to take to get that done this weekend at Tri-County? You know, Tri- I haven't been to Tri-County since they repaved turns one and two. So in my mindset for the weekend, it's going to race a lot like South Boston. Um, high gripped, fast racetrack. I mean, the shape of Tri-County is not quite so South Boston, but I have a feeling that's what it's going to be, almost like South Boston or Dominion. So um, the high grip tracks, which we know we've been pretty good at with getting the pull up at Dominion early this year. So leading the majority of the, I mean, not all the laps, but we led until we got a right front flat. So yeah. um, hopefully this weekend we show some speed and everything falls correctly. That's the, that's the biggest issue is I've had a lot of parts failures this year from clutches to um, power steering to all of the above. So that's what took us out of motor mile was a power steering pump locking up that locked my steering but in the same spot. So pulled it in. So just trying to, you know, got to get this bad luck off or whatever you want to call it. Just can't finish a weekend properly, except Wilkesboro we did. So hopefully we can continue that going forward. Mason takes a ton of people to get you to the racetrack each and every week. I want to give you an opportunity to thank those folks that get you there. Yeah. Um, first first and foremost, I got to thank Kirk Ipot and Lynette. I um, mean, Solid Rock Carriers, they do a tremendous amount for me. Um, he was super excited after Wilkesboro. He was like, you're almost there. I'm like, yeah. So um, got to thank them. Prince William Marina, the sign shop. Everyone on my team, Mike Darn Racing, they they put out some fast race cars for me here this season so far. So hopefully we can keep that up and finish off the year strong. But I got to thank everyone, my family. I mean, everyone in the car store for putting the series on. Uh, thank you for having me on this podcast. But hopefully we can just keep our heads up and or keep our heads down, keep grinding through the season. For I mean, just past halfway basically. So. Mason, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, man. Best of luck to you this weekend at Tri-County, and best of luck to you in a couple of weeks at Martinsville as you trace the Triple Crown. And uh, we'll see you this weekend at Tri-County. Yep. You guys have a good rest of your week. That's Mason Diaz, driver of the number 24 Solid Rock Carriers late model stock car. Caution flags out. We'll come down pit road. We'll stick her up, and when we come back, we'll give you a preview of this weekend's Harrison'sWorkwear.com 225 at Tri-County Speedway. You're listening to the Stickered Up Podcast. Stickered Up, official podcast of the Cars Tour. Get the picture with Pit Road TV, the official home of Cars Tour TV, where winners watch their favorite races. If you can't make it to the track, tune in and let Tony Stevens bring you all the action for the Cars Tour. Pit Row TV. Check them out online. PitRow.tv. That's PitRow.tv. Don't change that channel. For custom CNC sheet metal design and fabrication, GeoCut, aluminum, stainless, mild steel, parts, gussets, tabs, assemblies, and more. GeoCut, South Boston, Virginia. Large and small batch powder coating, media blasting, surface conditioning and finishing, and much more. GeoCut, 611 Railroad Avenue, South Boston, Virginia. 
Geocut. 434-201-4824. Adam Zirkel. Performance technologies. Video overlays powered by race trades. Compare your driving line around the track against the best and see how you stack up against the competition. They get every lap, every car. Every Available car. at every Cars Tour event. New for 2022 tracks on IT services and they can set up a network exclusive to your needs at the racetrack on race weekends. Contact Adam Zirkel. 434-222-8947. That's 434-222-8947. Delivery by truck. Part of the lifeblood of our nation. Solid rock carriers. LaGrange, North Carolina gets the job done. Specializing in general freight and refrigerated foods. And here's an opportunity for you. You can join the Solid Rock Carriers team. If you have a CDL license and would like to find out more, call 252-521-1757. 252-521-1757. For Solid Rock Carriers, supporting short track racers and industry professionals, and the title sponsor of the Cars Tour. This is Mason Diaz, driver of number 24 Solid Rock Carriers, Late Mall Stock. You're listening to the Stickered Up Podcast. White Flag, this edition of the Stickered Up Podcast, the official podcast for the Solid Rock Carriers Cars Tour. And we head to Tri-County Motor Speedway. Second time for the Pro Late Models, first time for the Late Model Stocks in 2022 for the running of the Harrison's Workwear 225 activities at the racetrack will start on Friday afternoon. Trailer parking starts at noon. Late model stock car practice starts at 2 o'clock. Alternating practices with the pro late models until 6. Pits close at 6.30. Action begins again at the Speedway on Saturday morning with uh, trailer parking on at 9.15. Late model stock car practice will fire off at 11.45. They'll alternate with the pro late models until 2.15. Then uh, grandstands will open at 5 o'clock. Late model stock car qualifying 515. Pro late models 540. Driver intros at 610. Pre-race ceremonies at 620. And Brandon Willard will wave the green flag on the harrisonsworkwear.com 225. 100 laps for the pro late model stocks. Tri-County Motor Speedway street stocks will take the track for 35 laps. And the nightcap will be the late model stocks for 125 green flag laps. General admissions $20. Trackside $20 per vehicle plus $20 a person, pit passes $40, $45 as always. Kids 12 and under are free. If you can't make it to Tri-County Speedway, we encourage you to catch all the action on Pit Road TV, Cars Tour TV this weekend with Tony Stevens taking a quick look at the entry list for this weekend's festivities in Granite Falls. 15 Pro Late Models have pre-entered. Cody King, Gavin Bolich, William Sawalowicz, the hottest driver on the Pro Series, Dylan Ward, Rusty Skews, Austin McDonald, Lee Tissett, Kent, Camden Quapple, Jake Garcia, Luke Mornay, Matt Craig makes his return to the Cars Tour for the first time in 2022 on the Pro Late Model side. Ryan Moore, Logan Jones, current points leader Luke Fenhouse, and Stephen Light round out the 15 car of pre-entries. Looking at the Late Model stock cars, 26 Late Model stock cars have pre-entered for this weekend's festivities. They include... Deke McCaskill, Andrew Grady, Brandon Pierce, Braden Rogers, Hayden Swank, Parker Eatman back in the Cars Tour this weekend, driving the four from White Darn. Dylan Wilson, who made his uh, Cars Tour. This will be his third Cars Tour race in four races. Um, he was uh, our guest a couple of weeks ago talking about North Wilkesboro. He'll be in the field this weekend at Tri-County as well. Carter Langley, current points leader Carson Quapple, Chase Burrow, Ashton Higgins, Jansen Marchbanks, Caden Honeycutt, Ryan Millington back in the Cars Tour. This will be his first appearance in 2022. Chad McCombie, Bobby McCarty, 
our most recent guest today here, uh, Mason Diaz, Zach Miracle, William Sawalowicz will be doing double duty, Connor Jones, Illabella Robusto, Connor Hall, Tyler Gregory, Minnie Tyrell will be back. This will be his third Cars Tour race in 2022. Jonathan Schaefer and Jacob Hefner round out the 26 cars that will be on the property on Friday and Saturday afternoon at Tri-County Speedway. want to thank those people that helped Stickered Up become to you each and every week. Kirk Ipock with Solid Rock Carriers, PJ Bryant with BST, Furniture for Less and Adam Bresnick, Pit Road TV and Tony Stevens, Performance Center Racing Warehouse and Roger Johnson, GeoCut, and Adam Zirkel Performance Technologies. Thanks to Adam Zirkel for all of his support. We also want to thank our guest today via the GSX Raps Hotline, driver of the number 24 late model stock car, Mason Diaz. Also want to make sure that we thank our Friends here at Broadcasting Experts, Dave Perkins and Morgan Patrick make us sound so good each and every week. That's the checkered flag on this edition of the Stickered Up Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Dunn. Be sure to share this podcast. New episodes of Stickered Up will be available wherever you download your podcasts. Oh,